Radio. Introduction to the Sacrament of Holy Communion, Meal and Sacrifice. An interview with Sister Moira de Bono for the Introduction to the Sacrament series. Sister Moira de Bono is a religious sister of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, with a doctorate of sacred theology. Sister Moira is currently a lecturer at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, specializing in the sacraments. So I'm once again joined by Sister Moira. Uh, Thank you for joining me again. Oh, you're welcome. Now, we're going to be speaking about the Sacrament of Holy Communion, the Eucharist. Um, There are many names for the sacrament, and it's it's too large, really, for just one one interview. So we'll be speaking about a couple of different things over over a number of interviews. But the first one we're going to speak about, the Mass. Um, Sometimes we can think of Communion as being what happens at the end of Mass. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about communion within the context of the Mass? Yes, when you, we speak about communion, we can say in one aspect, Luke, that it is a part of the Mass. We receive Holy Communion. But we also don't want to forget that the Mass is meant to be an experience of communion, that we, we come together as a church that Jesus founded a church. He founded, he expected us to come together to worship God. We all have to pray personally, but we, but part of that prayer is also to come together. The word church comes from that Greek word ekklesia, which actually means persons who are gathered together to worship. And so there are two ways. One is just living a good life. We are giving worship to God in that way. But then but then we also recognize that formal time of coming together, and that's the liturgy. And so in this particular case, we're talking about the seven sacraments in this in these sessions, that in this particular case we're talking about the liturgy of the Eucharist. And Eucharist again is a Greek word that means thanksgiving. So we are gathering together to be in communion and to grow in communion because of what we experience during this time of Mass. And part of that experience is to give thanks to God. And the last piece I would want to say about this is that another name that you've mentioned is this celebration is the Mass. And we recognize that that word Mass comes from a Latin word, which means to be dismissed which is very unusual. We have an event that's actually named for the very last thing we do, which is to be sent forth. And so it means that whatever occurs during this Mass, as we grow in communion, giving thanksgiving to God, we're meant to take forward from when we leave the church. And that experience then is meant to influence what happens, the decisions we make, how we live after we've left the celebration of Mass. Okay? Um, Within the Mass, and I'll use that word, and I'll use the word Eucharist, we'll talk about the celebration right now, and we'll leave that term of communion or Holy Communion, the reception of Holy Communion, for another point in the discussion. That the Mass is, is meant to be a, a, 
representing to us of the sacrifice of Christ, a sacrifice that he, uh, shall we say, uh, put into train on Holy Thursday when he instituted the Eucharist. You know, Jesus was never the victim of events. Jesus was in charge, as we can gather from the evangelists, and that as he, as we know from the words of scripture, you know, on the night before he was betrayed, it's part of our Eucharistic prayer, all right, that that connection between the events of Holy Thursday are very intimately connected or consummated then in the events of Good Friday. Um, so that when we're at Mass, the Catechism says in paragraph I believe it's 1370 or 1375, that it is as if we're at the foot of the cross with Mary whenever we are at Mass, that the sacrifice of the Mass is made really present to us again. And we call this the earthly liturgy, the earthly liturgy, which is a participation in the Son of God's worship of the Father. At, who is at who is now at the right hand of the Father, and that would be the heavenly liturgy. And I could make those statements because we have the words of Scripture again, Revelation, that helps us understand this. In the Book of Revelation, we uh, read about the Lamb who is slain, standing before the throne of God. So if you, look, if you think about that image, the lamb who is slain, obviously the lamb is living again. And the lamb we know is, this, is, this, is the symbol in St. John for Jesus. He, as he said, this, there is the lamb of God. So that as Jesus is before the Father, that there is a very real um, link with our prayer as he said to his disciples at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. Now, you've mentioned there, within the context of the celebration of the Eucharist, you talked about the meal that Christ shared uh, mm -hmm. on Holy Thursday, but also how that has a connection with the following events, which is his passion. Um, how do they both work into the celebration of the Mass? Because sometimes we can... There are some words uh, of, that are spoken about the Mass or hymns that we hear that talk about it being a meal that we share, and there are others that talk about it being a sacrifice. How do these both work together exactly? All right, that's a big question, so I'll just be giving just, just the tip of the iceberg of a response. But we recognize that the sacrifice of Jesus... Um, has eternal effects. And we can see that if you go to paragraph 1085 and spend some time reflecting with paragraph 1085 of the Catechism, that um, there the church attempts to touch on this mystery of how the eternal word lived and died in time. And so because he is eternal, his, the effects of the Mass are not simply something we think about or recall, but they're made present to us that in a mysterious way, as the Catechism says, they remain with us. For us 
to be able to experience the reality of Christ's sacrifice, we couldn't, we couldn't experience, we're not meant to experience what, real, what historically happened on Good Friday, but the Lord gave us a meal that was to reflect the truths and the reality that underlies that gift of himself on Good Friday. That meal, which is a meal of communion, of being um, in union with the Father and with humanity. And so we celebrate the Mass as that unbloody representation of the sacrifice of Christ. It is the love, the love that he has for the Father, the love he has for humanity, that allowed him to be that self-gift and to bring salvation to the world. And so when he says, do this in memory of me, he's allowing us through that person of the priest who's there ordained to be, um, to be Christ for us, to bring that reality to us. And just briefly to finish off this part of the interview, the Mass, of course, as we, as we know it today, it can seem uh, like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of structure um, and there's a lot of things uh, that, have, that have changed, I guess you could say, even within the lifetimes of those still living today. Um, but does, does the Mass itself go back to the very early days of the Church? Are the basics, or how much of it rather, um, goes back to the early days of the Church itself? Well, we can say that Jesus celebrated the first Mass. Uh, we use the word, the breaking of the bread in the Acts of the Apostles, that, that the first Christians came together not, simply, not only for fellowship, not only for going to the synagogue together to pray, but it also clearly says, in, even in chapter 2 of Acts already, that they came together in the breaking of the bread. The breaking of the bread we come to know is one of the first terms to identify the mass. The story of the act of um, in the acts of excuse me, after the resurrection of the uh, disciples meeting the Lord on the road to Emmaus um, is also is also understood to be a primitive liturgy. Actually, uh, we see we have a liturgy of the word. And we have, the break, we have the breaking of the bread, the liturgy of the Eucharist, the two major parts of the Mass. We have Jesus who um, encounters the two, the two disciples on the way, and, he's, and in, in their discussion, we know that he began to interpret the laws and the prophets to the disciples. And so we see that as, just as we have a liturgy of the Word, we listen to the word of God and the great things that are in scripture, and then the words of the homily, that those words of the homily are always by an ordained minister, one who is there as Christ. And then it's in the breaking of the bread that Jesus is revealed to them. Um, so that listening to the word of God and having that word be, we could say, almost percolating within them, it becomes clear then in the breaking the bread, who is this person who's been, who has turned, uh, put their hearts on fire. And then again, that lovely part at the end where they're so inflamed that they have to go back to the apostles um, in Jerusalem. Um, 
so that whole idea of being dismissed or being sent forth is a, is so clear already in the Acts of the Apostles. So we have right there, right there, before Jesus ascended, the end, the evangelists in their um, writing of the Gospels has given us several examples of of early celebrations of what we know as the Mass. We'll have to leave it there for now, and we'll continue our discussion uh, in the next interview. So thank you, Sister. Oh, you're welcome, Luke. Thank you. That was Sister Moira de Bono speaking on the Sacrament of Holy Communion, Meal and Sacrifice. For more from the Introduction to the Sacrament series, visit cradio.org.au.